With friends like Scomo, who needs enemies? By Professor Augusto Zimmerman. May all that you stand for, and that we stand for, be preserved under the providence of God for the happiness of mankind. The trouble is caused by unthinking people who carelessly throw away ageless ideals as if they were old and outworn machinery. But it is the values of individual liberty, equality before the law and the supremacy of people over the state to which we can always with confidence return as a powerful and uniting force. Australia is not a secular country, it is a free country. The Australian Labour Party hasn't been the party for blue-collar battlers for a very, very long time. Instead, this is the party for group interests pushing such things as state-sanctioned abortion on demand, assisted suicide, the LGBTQI etc. agenda, radical environmentalists and so forth. However, in many ways the Liberal Party is not so different. According to the IPA's legal rights audit, the Morrison government is directly responsible for a substantial increase in the violation of fundamental rights. Morgan Berg, the reporter's main author and research fellow with the Institute of Public Affairs, writes, The coalition government is trashing fundamental legal rights of all Australians, creating unprecedented challenges to individual freedom and human dignity. I have had personal experience with the problem. As senior vice president of the Fremantle Division of the Liberal Party in Western Australia, I was deeply happy to see an important motion which was proposed by our distinguished member, Sherry Sufi, being approved by the WA Liberal Party. It moved, and I quote, The Liberal Party of Australia, WA Division, calls on the federal government to introduce offering rights of passage to persecuted European minorities of South Africa and Zimbabwe, enabling them to resettle in Australia. As a consequence, Peter Dutton instructed, instructed the Home Affairs Department to consider bringing that severely persecuted white minority from South Africa to Australia on refugee visa grounds. Dutton calls for them to be given special consideration, correctly reminding us that the group deserved our special attention due to the horrific circumstances they face at home. To my utter disappointment, no special visa was granted. As reported, the then Foreign Affairs Minister Julie Bishop refused to back Dutton and abide to the motion passed by the WA Liberal Party. While Bishop acknowledged this was a worthy response to an obvious humanitarian crisis with more than 19,000 murders, she said persecuted South Africans were not immediately eligible for humanitarian visas. Needless to say, the Prime Minister remained entirely silent on the subject and refused to, uh, to directly assist. When Morrison became Prime Minister, many expected a new kind of leadership in line with Christian values and principles, particularly after he explained to Australians the grief he felt and the tears he shed over the plight of genuine refugees. But when a Christian lady called Asia Bibi was needing to escape from imminent death in November 2018, 
there was an opportunity for him to demonstrate his integrity and the truthness of his own admissions. Asia Bibi was a Christian farm laborer from Pakistan whose story began in June 2009 when she was picking berries with other farm workers in a field in Punjab. She got into an argument with two Muslim women who refused to drink water she fetched because it had been touched by her accretion. Pakistan's blasphemy law carries the death sentence. Despite the harsh penalty, a remarkably light burden of proof needs to be produced and the accusers can refuse to repeat the allegation in court for fear of blaspheming themselves. As a result, Asia Bibi was convicted in 2010 on charges of blaspheming the so-called Prophet Muhammad. Muhammad. Fortunately, the Pakistani Supreme Court overturned her, her convictions on grounds that there was no evidence to support condemnation. She was then acquitted after spending almost 80 years on death row and in solitary confinement. Because there were riots on the streets and radical Islamists vowed to assassinate her, Asia Bibi was forced to hide herself and apply for a refugee status in order to save her life. On that occasion, I publicly urged on Sky News the Prime Minister to show compassion and to offer political asylum to Asia Bibi, an innocent Christian woman who narrowly avoided the death penalty. The case was a litmus test on whether Morrison really, really cared about the basic rights of an innocent person and a fellow believer. All he actually needed to do was to grant her asylum. To my utter dismay, in an abhorrently administrative letter, the Australian government actually refused to offer such desperately needed assistance, citing her apparent failure to be granted UN refugee status and the pressures on the offshore component of its resettlement program. Instead of offering asylum to a Christian lady in desperate need of assistance, the Morrison government eventually conceded that it would perhaps consider to offer asylum to Asia Bibi only if Canada or another country did not do so. The question is, why should Australia have to wait for a response from Canada first? It's hard to see any justification for waiting on Canada. Martin Isles, director of the Australian Christian Lobby, said, and I quote, Either it is the right thing to do, or it isn't. And with extremists hunting her from house to house, it's important for us to act and act now. Unfortunately, our Christian Prime Minister did not agree with him. What is significant is that the Morrison government gave over $47 million in aid to Pakistan that year alone. We should ask our taxpayers' money back. President Trump was so angered by the behavior of the Pakistani government over a range of issues that he cut foreign aid to Pakistan, claiming that the U.S. gets no cooperation in return. Remember how Osama bin Laden was found within only five mil miles 
of a military academy while the whole civilized world was hunting for this arch terrorist. And the Pakistani doctor who revealed his location to the U.S. was actually sent to prison in Pakistan. You know, I have a lot of time for nursing professionals and the type of caring person that does the kind of work they do. If you're a nurse in Queensland, New South Wales or any other state in Australia, you can save hundreds of dollars every year on your current union membership fees. And best of all, you can be guaranteed your money is not being donated without your consent to the Labor Party or any other political party for that matter. Now, you need professional indemnity insurance, so good source sponsor, the Nursing Professional Association of Queensland, will not only provide you with that and save you hundreds in fees every year, they'll also send professional employment lawyers in to bat for you when you need help. For professional indemnity insurance and better service, real support at work without the political donations, saving them hundreds of dollars every year, nurses around Australia are joining the Nursing Professional Association of Queensland in their droves at redunion.com.au. You should only have to pay for what you're getting, and at NPAQ, you can get better service while saving hundreds of dollars every year, and you can save an extra $25 when you join by using the coupon GOODSOURCE. No spaces, GOODSOURCE, and NPAQ will know we sent you. Join now at redunion.com.au. I love that web address, redunion.com.au. Naturally. The election of shortened Labour government in May 2019 would be disastrous for the nation. The Federal Labour Party apparently felt that taking, talking about abortion on demand via access to health services would be electorally beneficial. In March 2019, Labour's spokesperson for women, Tanya Pubersack, announced a wide-ranging plan which included, included a move to use hospital funding agreements to expect states to provide abortion services in their public hospital systems. As part of its strategy, Labour would review Medicare rebates around medical terminations using the drug RU486 and help more GPs to provide medical abortions. The Prime Minister claims to be a Christian, so I presume he personally opposes abortion. And yet, he could not bring himself to say so. Sadly, when responding to Labour's abortion announcement, Morrison limited to state, and I quote, This is a very controversial and sensitive issue, on this and on these matters I have never sought to divide Australians on this. I don't find that debate one that tends to unite Australians, and I certainly am not going to engage in the political elements of such discussion, because frankly, I don't think it is good for a country. As can be seen, Morrison opposed Labour's abortion proposal on grounds that the issue, the issue apparently is too divisive. In his attempt to take the highest moral ground, he ended up conveying the message that avoiding controversy is a higher good than stopping the killing of unborn children. Another aspect of the Prime Minister's behavior is his notorious disregard for individual rights and freedoms. Of course, a Christian worldview understands that the Creator has endowed us with fundamental rights and freedoms. 
For us Christians, such basic rights do not originate with human government, but with God himself, who ordains such governments to secure their protection by law. Accordingly, government was instituted by God to protect our inalienable rights from our own arbitrary tendencies and political tyranny. While Christian teaching emphasizes that each person has worth and responsibility before God, our Prime Minister appears to believe that ultimate salvation can be achieved only via an all-powerful state. His first instincts are always authoritarian. For instance, he wants the vaccine against coronavirus to be as mandatory as possible. I expect that it would be mandatory as you can possibly make it, he said, adding that he is talking about a pandemic which has destroyed the global economy. First of all, what has destroyed our economy is the appalling behavior of illiberal leaders such as Morrison himself. There were far better and more efficient ways to fight this virus, apart from draconian restrictions, bans, and gross violations of the rule of law. The Prime Minister appears to ignore that Australia is a country in which the federal government has been constitutionally designed to be subject to the rule of law. The Morrison government has no more powers than those explicitly granted by the Australian Constitution. We are supposedly living in a free and democratic society. So it's quite extraordinary that a supposed democratic leader attempts to coerce citizens to do things they might not want to do. Instead of using the power of the state to command his subjects to do whatever he might want, the Prime Minister should learn that true leaders do not use their legal authority to primarily impose things but instead to persuade and convince their fellow citizens to do what is right. And take also the Prime Minister's notorious disregard for free speech. When Israel Falou faced rugby union's banishment for merely posting a controversial statement from the Bible on his uh, Facebook page, Morrison's first reaction was to condemn the rugby player. He said, of Falou's Facebook comments. I thought they were terribly insensitive, and obviously that is a matter for ARU, and they have taken the decision. Well, here you have a Christian Prime Minister literally throwing a federal believer under the metaphorical bus, joining the lynch mob against a brother in Christ who simply dares to exercise free speech by manifesting his opinion. Of course, this was not the first time he had done such a thing. In April 2019, Victoria Liberos forced two Christian candidates to resign over so-called homophobic and Islamophobic comments. Peter Killing, a liberal candidate for Wills, was forced to resign after calling a certain liberal MP a notorious homosexual. Jeremy Hearn, liberal candidate for Isaacs, was also forced to resign over comments about the threat of radical Islam that were made online. Instead of defending the right of liberal candidates to express these opinions, speaking to journalists, Morrison went on his way to warn the party to avoid such candidates expressing these conservative views 
by improving the party's internal vetting procedures. And he said, For the Liberal Party in this day and age, when there is social media, multiple posting, that represents new challenges in the vetting of candidates. Well, here you have a Christian politician who appears to have very little regard for freedom of speech and freedom of religion. As a Christian myself, I would seriously question the Christian maturity of anyone who supports the above actions. As for the follow affair, for example, Morrison decided to not stand for the basic rights of a fellow believer. And what does it tell you and me about his commitment to basic human rights if he cannot even take a strong stance for a fellow believer needing, desperately needing, rescue from imminent death? With friends like that, who needs enemies? Today, we need a special kind of courage. Not the kind needed in battle, but a kind which makes us stand up for everything that we know is right, everything that is true and honest. We need the kind of courage that can withstand the subtle corruption of the cynic, so that we can show the world that we are not afraid of the future.